0: Out the box. Hey there everybody. Welcome to our show. Fresh out the podcast. Man, it's time to go alright, I'm Jahanan. Welcome to the podcast. Uh we're gonna be talking about stuff today and with me, Jahanan
1: It's me, it's me, Casualty CDG, the co-host of Fresh Out the Box, and also Fresh Out the Podcast. If you like tabletop role-playing games, you can come check Jahan and I out every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. We're doing original stories, making stuff up, having fun with friends, joking around, clowning around, and then sometimes there are horrible, grisly, dark murders, and everybody laughs, and it's a good time. Uh, But that's not what we're doing right now. This isn't fresh out the box. This is fresh out the podcast, where we podcast. Um, and and today we're talking about things.
2: That's right. We are talking about things. I am the professional media and movie mastermind, the funhouse Drew Munhausen, and it's it's been a while. And we, you know, the last time that we all talked, we were talking about all the things that we were anticipating in the year 2023. And now here we are a month into said year, over a month into said year. And some of those things that we've talked about have come out or been made available. And we have had a chance to view with our eyeballs. And so we finally get a chance to talk about it. And, you know, earlier in the week, um, I was fully planning because we haven't talked The Last of Us yet. And I was like, we're just going to have... Full-on Last of Us discussion for a full episode, and then James Gunn has to go and give all of this DC news over the past week that is just perfect, perfect podcast fodder for all of us to attack and, and pull apart. Gary, you have a big old smile on your face. What's what's got you feeling so joyful?
1: We're just so happy to have you here again today, Drew. You're just our favorite guest to have on the show. Every, every <laughs> Favorite brings...
2: guest. A favorite guest that's been on for 74, yes. episodes, 73 episodes. Yes,
1: that's right. It brings joy to the heart of Jahan and I that you have decided to grace us with your presence. You, you are our favorite guest. And <laughs> I like how every time you come on, you always bring topics for us. It's a really nice thing for a guest to do. It is. like somebody
2: that shows up with, with lunch for everybody, but instead it's just topics of conversation. Is that what's happening here? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. it's like a good dinner guest uh, man I totally forgot about this one but you just reminded me with that whole are anticipated I had one on my list that has already come out crash and burned uh, one of my most oh, anticipated oh, <laughs> oh my god
2: oh my god Let's give it a, a just a minute here of discussion because I believe if if my memory serves correctly, you were referring to the Velma animated series. That's you mean on- my number HBO. two
0: most anticipated show of the year? Yeah. So that came out. Oof. I watched. Oof. I watched about 15 minutes and turned it off because it was one of the biggest pieces of garbage I've ever seen. And like I felt kind of bad because I was like, I can't do this, man. This is bad. I don't normally do that shit. But then. It became the lowest rated show in IMDB history. So I feel vindicated. Uh it was Oh my god, it was just like it had nothing to do it had nothing to do with Scooby Doo. It had nothing to do with the characters in the gang. It it was just these these completely new people wearing skins. Like it was some guy dressed as Freddy and like you know what I mean it was just garbage. It was hot garbage. It's uh
1: it's really funny now I just I, I just googled it real quick, A.K.A. binged it because why would anybody Google in a world where Bing exists? But I'm looking at the ratings. Ten uh, percent of Google users like the show. Forty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes and a 1.4 on IMDb. It it is that bad. I can I can vouch for it. It is that. Bad. It's ter- it terrible.
2: It is it is pretty bad. I feel like it's been like re- initial reviews came out and they were pretty negative. And I know for myself personally, I was like, no way it can be that bad. And then I watched the first episode and I thought it was pretty bad. I immediately go to, to my chat with y'all. And it was like, it almost felt like all three of us had watched it at the same time. And we all reported back to our messenger and we're like, this show's
1: really bad. Really simultaneously an F with, with failing, not with the opposite of flying colors, just an absolute tank F worst show. Sure. Maybe ever. It's I really very, very bad.
0: I was very excited for like adult Scooby Gang, but that this I, wasn't that.
1: <laughs> I love Glenn Howerton, and I thought that Glenn Howerton as Freddy would be redeeming, and it wasn't. Not even close. It was also very bad. The whole show was just a cringe fest of nasty puke.
2: It was it was very cringy, and it's just I just had goodwill for hbo max and the animated series with like harley quinn and how much i do like that show and so that's why i was like still willing to give this one a shot and it's it's not that it's not harley quinn it is how not any how
1: much harley quinn did you watch
2: i haven't watched all of it i've only seen like most of the first season and in I like
1: the second season it gets really bad but then in the third season it gets good again but like halfway through the second season it gets like really thirsty and Uh, all she wants to do is just fuck Ivy all the time, and it's just scenes of them making out all the time because they want to abscond with each other. Uh, And then season three is like, okay, let's stop, because it just really got off the rails. It really turned into this nonstop sex show. Uh, It did. what Velma was. So I was, you know, I I was kind of worried that it might be that way, but then Harley was able to get back on track, so I, I figured that HBO learned that that formula didn't work. Uh, I guess I was wrong.
2: Yeah, so Velma already getting certified not fresh out Ooh. of the podcast.
0: But I thought I heard that it's already renewed, which
1: I, think I it don't seriously do it with that. got renewed within like 48 or 72 hours, but that was because the viewership was so high. It was before a lot of the ratings had come
0: Very, up, so very high. good view. Yeah, everyone watched it and then hated
1: yeah. it.
2: <laughs> and they were I'm like, sure. oh, they like it.
1: I'm not sure if they kept that, but it did. I heard it got renewed as well.
2: I'm, try, I'm trying to think of a segue from Velma back into DC talk, and the only thing I can think of is, is HBO Max and the Warner Brothers connection. So I guess
1: I'll take that as a leap to get to go back to DC. Okay, try it out. Paul Volt across that chasm and let me know how it works out for you.
0: Speaking of irredeemable pieces of shit, the DC Cinematic Universe... <laughs>
2: <laughs> there you go that's a good one i should have gone with that one um, no so i mean i guess to to lay it all out so they were saying for a while when when uh james gunn and peter saffron got the roles as you know head of of dcu or the dc wing of, of warner brothers they did say after a few months they would kind of reveal their plan and sure enough it's been about three months and they revealed their plan and uh so they stuck to their word and it's it's interesting um i guess i'll I'll kind of go through some bullet points first, which is that they have their kind of they're essentially their phase one which they're refusing to call phase one they have labeled <laughs> it as chapter one God and monsters um so that's what they're referring to their their phase one as um all of the Franchises or things that exist outside of that, such as the Robert Pattinson Batman universe, you know the Matt Reeves Batman stuff, um, the Joker sequel with with Joaquin Phoenix, um, so other things. That's all going to be considered DC Elseworlds. So basically, those are the side stories that are not within the DC universe, which is what they're calling their their new cinematic connected universe you know it used to be the DCEU I think it was DC extended universe is that what it was called or something something like that whatever it stood for they have dropped the E it's now just DCU um you make it brain
1: tingle and go fuzzy
2: yeah so there's DCU all their interconnected stuff that's upcoming else worlds all their side stuff but then there are some previous DCEU things that have yet to come out uh, you know, Shazam sequel, the Flash movie, an Aquaman sequel, and all those things are still. The plan is for them to still release this year, and it almost sounded like Gunn said that those thing, the characters in those movies have the potential to come back or make appearances in the future. But it's very unclear. It's like super gray area. Um,
0: if it wasn't, then it wouldn't be the DC. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was like, oh boy. That's it's always crazy. been
0: a confusing mess. Uh, he's trying to grab a hold of it and make sense of it, but I imagine that's difficult.
2: <laughs> and then, of course, they have a hard enough time with those existing projects and the fact that, like, the star of the Shazam movies making potentially anti-vax comments on Twitter, and then you've got, you know, of course, like, at least Ezra Miller is getting help, so they say, and they, you know, um, you know I hope that he gets the help. I hope that they, excuse me, that get the help that they need, to, you know, before that movie comes out. Because the, every everything that I've heard about the Flash movie from an insider's perspective is that Warner Brothers is extremely confident in that movie. And that movie is supposed to be one of the, even Gunn said in his little press conference, it's apparently like one of the best superhero movies ever made. Which, of course, the new head of, of DC <laughs> movies is going to say that, but... Uh, You know, apparently the test screenings for it had been awesome, which is why they've been sticking to their guns that they want to release it. So to their James uh, guns. (laughs) Yeah. And then um, and, uh, you know, in more on that, the Batgirl stuff that the debacle that happened last year, apparently that movie was like unsalvageably bad. I and and just
1: read that, too. I was really excited because everyone was like, it was just some kind of thing for a tax release, and I was like, nah, man, it was probably just absolute dog shit. It and would have could, to be
0: so
2: bad, though, for them to... It too. probably
1: was. they said it would I have hurt the
2: brand. It. it would have hurt the brand, is what they've said.
1: I think it would have hurt the brand, and it would have hurt some of the actors' careers, and this is the year Brendan Fraser had the whale, and I don't think that Firefly as a villain would have done anything to help him this year as far as acting is concerned Uh, his performance in Doom Patrol is by no means Oscar worthy Uh, I don't think he's a great villain and I don't think that movie would have been uh, I don't even just I don't think he could have saved it I don't think anything could have saved that movie and I'm glad we don't have to see it
0: I mean all we have is their word for it I I've, I don't know. It would have to have been so... I've never heard of them taking a A movie and just putting it in the trash before. It's so weird.
1: It looked bad on paper, man. I'm glad it didn't happen. I'm glad it didn't come out. I am sad that we can't get somebody to, like, sneak into the DC vault and, and steal it to the internet for us, uh, because I think I would still like to see it. Uh, even though we all know it's going to be, terrible. I want to see it. I don't
0: know. It exists. It's weird that we can't see it, but hey, it is what it is.
2: So of the, the, so they did announce a bunch of projects that would be part of this Chapter One DCU, and one of, there are some animated projects, to, you know, TV series and films. And it's worth noting that they did say for the animated projects they're hoping to cast the the, the actors that would be voicing characters. They hope to have them double if they do any live action projects in those worlds that they would play the characters both in live action and voice the animated characters which, which is
0: kind of crazy
2: that's pretty cool it's cool. going to
1: have to be you know written into their contracts I'm sure because generally voice actors and screen actors don't get paid the same amount
2: right and, and then their their strategy here which I mean makes sense is that they are You know, there's going to be big name heroes and things as part of the DCU, but they are also trying to elevate characters in the worlds around their big three, Um, Superman, Batman and Wonder Woman being the big three. They're trying to find ways to elevate some more supporting characters from those worlds to essentially create more franchises or make bigger names out of characters, which makes sense for Gunn, um, the guy who made Rocket, Raccoon and Groot (laughs) household names. Yeah. Um, or even a character like Peacemaker, who now's had his own show. Like you okay, know, dot these are, man.
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's oh like my god! Does.
0: I watched that movie again yesterday or two days ago? It was so
1: goddamn funny. But yeah, I'm not surprised then, at all to hear that he's pulling up some more obscure outside characters. That's, in fact, that's what I'm looking forward to. So I'm glad that's what he's doing. See,
0: that's always what I felt that Young Justice was doing. Uh, it was it was pulling these these side characters into the the limelight, the sidekicks and whatnot, and made them awesome. And I, I want to see more of that. So I'm I'm here for it.
2: And it's also worth noting, unsurprisingly, again, since James Gunn's one of the people in charge, is that it seems like the Suicide Squad is kind of feeding into this DCU stuff, that it is connected. Um, because and I'll I'll use that as kind of a uh, entry point into some of the series and things that have been announced. So, one of the series they announced is Waller, which is a uh, Viola Davis in a spin off of Guns show Peacemaker, playing her character Amanda Waller. Um, you know, this head of the government task force who she's in charge of the suicide squad. She has a, a couple appearances in Peacemaker. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's one of the shows in the works is, is Waller. Um, there's also a Creature Commandos seven-episode animated series that Gunn has apparently already written, and it's already in production. Um, and this is—I got a is, picture
1: up, and it looks sick. What is Creature Commandos?
2: I'll read to you what uh, they've have here listed in the Hollywood Reporter. Originally, a team of classic monsters assembled to fight Nazis. This is a modern take on the concept. And then it then it says what I mentioned earlier. The voice ca- actors have yet to be cast, but the executives are looking to find people who can voice the animated characters and also portray the live-action versions when the antiheroes show up in movies and series. So yeah, so that's Creature Commandos. Not a franchise or, DC, you know, not an area of DC that I'm really well-versed in, but if you, I don't know, I don't see the image you have up, Johan, I can't see it, but if it's the one that I'm looking at, it here, is it's kind of
1: a... Do they have, yeah, I'm looking at the Hollywood Reporter too. Yeah, <laughs> okay. They perfect. have like a rating for
0: that show, ish. Uh, it looks oh, like I'm it's gonna be a mature, mature. Mature. Yeah.
1: Yes. Because I would assume. It's a big difference.
0: So judging by the characters that I'm seeing, so one of the characters is from the Suicide Squad. It's the Weasel that killed twenty-seven children. So oh, I would oh, say yeah. probably adult. And then it's got like like Bride of Frankenstein looking good. Uh, some sort of robot, and then a Frankenstein. Um, yeah,
2: I like the Frankenstein design. I
0: like the Frankenstein design. Uh, that guy that you can see inside his bones because he's an energy person, uh, I, I've seen him before in, like, I think he's a Superman villain or something. Uh, then they straight up have Abe Sapien, but a girl, though. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, handsome, good-looking over here, probably some sort of shapeshifter person. <laughs>
1: Handsome, good-looking. Handsome, good-looking is just like, uh, you know, Randall Flagg, knockoff, somebody like that. Just one of those, like, and a military Oh, maybe.
2: Guy.
0: Maybe he's the guy that's like, I gotta whip these monsters uh-huh. into shape.
1: Yeah, because you know there's always, <laughs> and a military <laughs> there's, there's enough. <laughs> You always slide one in. Well, they got it.
0: They got to. It's in the the contract that the government makes all TV channels sign. They have to well, glorify
1: military service. That way, that way, old white guys can get jobs because it's tough for old. <laughs> out- <laughs> 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 it's tough out
2: there for an old white.
1: <laughs> the- all right, so that sounds good. I like the sound of this this first show that I've already forgotten the name of. Creature Commandos and Creature same. Commandos.
2: Then it looks like the first of the films to really kick off this this new chapter in DC, uh, in the DCU, I should say, is Superman Legacy. So this is a, a Superman movie that apparently is not an origin story, but is going to be a young Superman, younger Superman. Gunn is apparently already writing this, and he might direct it. They didn't say if he would or not. It was a may or may not situation. That he, there's no commitments that have been made. So yeah, um, this says this is the true kickoff of the DCU. Um, it focuses on Superman balancing his Kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing. He's the embodiment of truth, justice, and the American way. Uh, and a release date of July eleventh, twenty twenty-five, is what has been penciled so far.
1: So, the kickoff for this is in July of twenty-five. Is basically that's that's reading between the lines there at the at the short notes. Um, also, I'm not as excited for this one. Superman could be, could very well be my least favorite superhero, um, but I will go see this without a doubt.
2: Yeah, I feel like um, those first two projects, Creature Commandos and Waller, Waller especially, since it has a star already attached to it, they can probably turn that around sooner. So I would imagine we might see Waller and Creature Commandos in 2024. And then yeah, Superman Legacy in twenty twenty
0: five. One of the best Superman comics is the Death of Superman, but I still like him. But like, I understand why people have an issue with him. You know, he's just kind of a uh, like an all powerful being. I don't know. It's not the most compelling thing, but it is interesting I uh, think that to is talk villains.
1: about aren't compelling because they're not
0: they're not very compelling you're not wrong
1: it's one of the hardest parts for me is spider-man has some great compelling villains because everybody's almost street level and so you can identify with a lot of the problems and the complexities of these characters but whenever fucking brainiac comes in and is going to take over the world because he's a super smart synthesized computer uh and there's just you know tentacles bursting out of the ground you're just like i i don't know there's a real disconnect for me there I don't connect with Superman or Brainiac. I don't give a shit about most of those characters.
0: I mean, that's fair. I really appreciate Superman in the context of the Justice League. I think he's great there. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, his, his shit always has to be cranked up to 11 because he's cranked up to 12. And you're not wrong. That's why I appreciate Superboy being a weaker version. You know, it was it was much, much better.
2: Yeah. Let's see. We've also got uh, Lanterns, and this is worth noting because for a long time, uh, Greg Berlanti, who was attached to a potential Green Lantern TV series, and for anybody who doesn't know who Greg Berlanti is, he's kind of the guy that's been in charge of all the DC shows on the CW. So The Flash and... Arrow, the Arrowverse, and Supergirl, and all yeah, all those shows. That's all his thing, which has been super successful. But it is worth noting as part of the new DC plans, those shows are all scrapped. They're all they're done. They're ending. Whatever's on now, I think the Flash hits last season right now. They've been
0: on long enough. They ran out of stuff that I watched. I kept up the Arrowverse for a long, long time, Uh and they they ran out of material. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I really liked I actually really liked the Flash show when it first started and mm-hmm. I, I stuck with it. I think I watched all of the first two seasons and maybe into the third and then it finally got to the point where I,
0: I, just, I really liked Arrow. Arrow I thought Arrow was really good. Uh I liked the Flash. I also I greatly enjoyed The Legends of Tomorrow. I thought that was fun. Uh <laughs> I thought it was funny that they took a Doctor Who, like, companion character and made him the Doctor, essentially. It made him the captain of the time ship. That was cool. Um, Supergirl was also good. I thought Supergirl was dope. Um, but,
2: yeah. I watched a few episodes of Supergirl and, and actually liked it, too. It was good. Um, but, yeah, so Greg Berlanti, for a long time, was working on a Green Lantern show. It's worth noting, that's been scrapped. So, that's, that is no more. This is a whole new... Thing DC you know, Gun and Cypher have parted ways with with Berlanti, and so this is a a new take on this on the Lanterns. And it sounds I believe this is a TV series. If I have my information, yeah, right. I think so. And they their description of it is they want it to be in the vein of HBO's True Detective series. That it's going to be like True Detective, but with Green Lanterns. So I guess a kind of detective mystery aspect of it, but with the Green Lantern Corps. I mean, as they um, mentioned
0: in this article, and just, you know, Green Lantern, they're space cops, so it's kind of cool.
2: Yep, and it'll feature, it says it'll feature Hal Jordan, Jon Stewart. Uh, this is this is considered to be one of the most important shows that they have.
1: Um, this has mad crossover potential because the Lanterns, right. the Lanterns cross through realities, they cross through time, they can control all sorts of different things. Uh, so this... to great the, point. The, this lantern show will probably be great uh this to me is more exciting than the superman movie um, because this will give us a look at another james gunn show that's not silly like peacemaker this one should be while it will probably have some comedic parts i would think probably not not as just inherently silly uh looking forward to that this would be a good one and i think did, did you say or did i read that it has it's going to have both Lanterns, right? Yeah, did say can, Hal,
2: Jordan, Hal Jordan and John Stewart.
1: Yeah, that way you don't have to pick between your favorite Lantern. John so Stewart's that, my favorite. That solves the problem, though, because they're both great Lanterns, and you're like, damn, which one do I pick? And, you know, why not pick both?
0: Hal Jordan's great, but I, I definitely, I grew up, my, my Green Lantern was the Justice League Green Lantern, and that was John Stewart, so.
1: Pretty sure that. F- from I mean, the animated show. In a storyline, you know, not every storyline, you know how comics be, but uh, Swamp Thing is a White Lantern. Uh, He he ends up becoming a White Lantern, which, you know, they are life, and that's sort of why he is animated, yes, animated Swamp, because he is life, he's basically a Swamp Elemental.
2: Ooh, we'll and we'll get to uh, we'll get to some swamp thing in a bit too. Oh. Yes, but that means that
1: we might actually get to see this, right? So there is going to be a swamp thing, something. So if we're going to have these lanterns, then maybe we'll get white lantern swamp thing. And I've said this in February of two thousand twenty-three. So you guys will see in twenty years when we get our white lantern swamp thing. I'm gonna my, be like, didn't I say that on the podcast?
0: Off the top of my head, my two favorite like lantern combos are. Uh, both Yellow Lanterns, and it's Batman and Scarecrow. They they are both uh, great Yellow Lanterns because it's fear. And Batman as a Yellow Lantern's awesome. <laughs> Just in my opinion. I, I want to see that.
1: Scarecrow as a Yellow Lantern. Scarecrow's That's good. Level. Yeah,
0: it's pretty top tier. Yeah.
1: I think next... Drew could be a Yellow Lantern because of his ugly face <laughs> strikes fear into the hearts of children. <laughs> oh, Drew. Just
2: giving it a displeased look at my Oh, kid. is that what your
1: face is? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell because it's just such an ugly Oh, man. I'm drive. sorry. I didn't literally, want to dogpile. I didn't want to dogpile. I've dog just pile. been letting you guys
2: go. I've just been letting you go. <laughs> I've been sitting here reading the, the paragraph for the next movie, and I've just been waiting for y'all to get to an end point where I could infiltrate and go to the next movie, and then instead it just derailed <laughs> to the point where you're. Talking Look, about me being just, a yellow lantern. Because be I'm honest, ugly. I had, had to
1: mute you to because your your hell voice is even uglier than <laughs> your ugly ugly face. Oh boy! I was
2: excited today because we haven't been able to podcast in a few weeks, and like I've been legitimately excited to do this. I really me too, have. Me too. And, and the, enjoying <laughs> Yeah, I'm having a great you, time. You all managed to make me regret everything so quickly. And oh. The next movie is called The Authority. And when I read this description, it makes me think of the boys in a way, just reading the description. But it says a movie based on a team of superheroes with rather extreme methods of protecting the planet. Um, this, this, I guess this was a, a comic book from the late 90s under Wildstorm that, that Jim Lee was kind of in charge of at the time. And, um, one of the things they say here is they they compare the characters in this to being like jack nicholson and a few good men which is like the the people that they have to do what they have to do to to make the world a better place in their eyes you know or like what you know the links they feel like they have to go through even if it's maybe not like what's good um they do what they gotta do so that's that's this the authority this is a an IP that I'm really not familiar with at all. Um, this is probably the first that I've really heard of it is here Same. on this list. So, um, yeah, that's yeah, the authority.
1: Question marks on that one. Still looking forward to the Lantern core.
2: Yeah, the next one is Paradise Lost. This is what they're describing as a Game of Thrones style drama but it will take place on the all-female island from Wonder Woman's comic books called the Themyscira. This, I believe, is, like, set way before Wonder Woman is even around. Like, so early, early in the history of this island. So political intrigue and scheming between power players in the, you know, with all the Amazons. So that is Paradise Lost.
0: Uh, sounds, right sounds good. It could go either way. Uh, I'm definitely willing to give this a shot. Sounds cool.
1: As. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is, this next one is the one that I'm the most excited for. So the brave and the bold, yeah. which this is the new, the DCU Batman film and Batman will be in it. It'll have Bruce Wayne, but it sounds like he's going to be a little bit older and it'll be the first time that we'll see on the big screen, Damian Wayne, uh, the version of Robin. So they are going to do the storyline, you know, bringing in the Bat family and Bruce Wayne's son, Damian, who is a little, you know, murderous assassin tween, Robin.
1: So 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 that's uh, the DC you were going to get, because if that's the Batman we're going to get, that's the setting we're going to get. So you're looking at Razagul and Talia al Ghul. They're going to be tied into all sorts of crap all through this Bro, series.
0: It's one of the best Batman things that they've done. There are
1: going to oh. be so many ninjas because Razakul and Talia al Ghul command an army of ninjas. I, what a great enemy! Uh, just mm-hmm. a timeless enemy. You know, you could kill hordes of ninja and no one gives a shit. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's good stuff. Also, what is that? Deathlock's involved in that story? I think. Uh, yeah, there's so, a lot of yeah, different
2: man. ways they could they could go with this and
1: um Damian Wayne, by the time he has Damian it. Wayne, that means that Nightwing is off on his own Nightwinging. Yes. And maybe even uh Red Hood. Maybe, maybe Red maybe Hood as well, Jason yeah. Jason Todd. So this is this is one of the very one of my very favorite Batman settings. That's that's great news. Same, yeah, yeah absolutely. The so, Bat
0: family is where it's at.
1: Um oh. And they they
2: were very adamant, you know, this isn't this is a batman that's not robert pattinson this will be a different batman which they did then note that the batman sequel you know there is going to be a matt reeves sequel with robert pattinson it is set right now for october 2025 as of right now it's being titled the batman part two so and and it sounds like i don't know what their plans are beyond that they're definitely doing a sequel i'm sure that it'll financially do well They'll probably want to do a, another one in the Pattinson, Matt Reeves universe, if that goes well, but that will exist separately alongside the Brave and the Bold, which I think they can differentiate enough to be its own things. Like here's the thing. Batman is one of the most recognizable superheroes out there, right? Like, I feel like even mainstream audiences and people who don't, listen to or speak on podcasts such as us or read comic books or read the the film trades can understand like it doesn't matter batman's batman right like oh this is a movie with batman that's telling this story oh this is a different movie with batman telling another story right like i don't think it's going to confuse people that much is that crazy to say uh i
0: mean so you're giving a lot of credit to to the general audience but hey they might be fine with it. Yeah, it might not be too confused, especially since you're right. They are very stylistically different. Uh, I really like the Matt Reeves Batman. Um, I, even though I really like it, I'd be fine with it not getting a sequel because I'm worried they're gonna ruin it. But hey, uh, I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them a shot, and I'm fine. I think it's weird that they're allowing the continue. I, I think the Elsewhere stuff is kind of throws me off a little bit. I think it's a little weird. Because like, the whole point of what they're doing is to create uh, one single like continuity. This is not that. But hey, like maybe it'll work.
1: Yeah. I think it's also yeah. I agree. It's a weird decision. I don't think it's the choice I would have made. Uh, I liked the Matt Reeves Batman enough. I didn't love it. I'm not super high on it. I'm not begging for another one. And I'm looking more forward to what James Gunn is pinning out. But there's always room, I think, for another batman uh i guess you know um there's not really room for another spider-man when they tried that it didn't really work out uh there's too many spider-mans you, you only well you i mean
2: one. that we that we are in a world where no way home exists and it had three different spider-men in it and it made many
1: spider-mans over a billion dollars <laughs> and was very
2: you know financially successful so
1: yeah, that's people fair. Love Spider Verse too, and Spider Verse has too many Spider. That's also
0: true. Those are very good points, Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe people but can yeah. handle it.
1: And,
2: and you know, I think the thing here that's worth noting is is visual styles are important. Like the Batman, the Matt Reeves stuff has a very distinct look—the dark and and the reds and the you know the color palette—and then maybe if they do, um, the Brave and the Bold as a is a really different style that it'll be easy to differentiate the two i don't and they know should
1: film it in a brave and bold way that would be appropriate <laughs> uh
2: let's see we've got another hbo max series that is booster gold so they're doing a booster gold series um what's and that's booster gold that's really all that they say about it jahan what's booster gold uh booster gold
0: is from the future travels back in time to be a superhero because with his future technology he can be a modern idol and hero
1: that's right he's kind of a a con artist with a little time machine and he (laughs) uses it to appear to be a superhero to to solve and fix things Uh, I think James Gunn writing that could be very very funny
0: he's a silly Uh, character but he's I'm interested
1: yeah I am too
2: isn't he a pretty mouthy character? Like he's one of the, those fast yeah. talking, you know, He wants to be an influencer.
0: Things. So yeah, he's very like he he he's one-lining. You know, he wants to be a so he wants to be a celebrity. He's being a superhero to be
1: famous. He's a prick from the future with a device. Yeah. That's 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 what he is. He's a oh, spoiled yeah, Gunn, future dick. Yeah.
2: A, a Quote from Gunn calls it imposter syndrome as superhero. So there you go.
1: Yeah, that'll be funny. That'll be a welcome change of pace, I think. With some of the other stuff they're doing too. If if some of that stuff doesn't hit, if there's some misses, uh, I think that's one that's just going to be good. It'll be funny.
0: I, th- I can't and remember if Booster Gold probably, was was in Young Justice, but he he was either in that or Justice League. I don't remember, but he was definitely in an animated show, and I liked
1: him. It seems like a show that could could potentially sit by itself or just barely touch on a show like Peacemaker. Uh, that would just stay in the fringes of the show universe but definitely see some some overlap potential with a character like that. I
0: want to see him cross over with Peacemaker 100%.
1: Yeah, yeah, without even having him cast yet, you want to see how Peacemaker's going to handle that mouthy little, little I feel, like it's, it's good.
0: I feel like I remember he's he's he has a, like a best friend that's a superhero and
2: I want to say it's Blue Beetle. But I don't I think there's been Booster Gold and Blue Beetle team-up comments yeah. before. Yeah. So oh, that sounds right for me, but I'm speaking as somebody who's not like overly familiar with the character. I'm not overly familiar, yeah.
0: It's I would like that. I'm excited for how Miriam is too. So
2: the next film on the list is Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. So this is based on a recent Tom King written miniseries. And apparently it's supposed to be like pretty new different take on the character which is fine with me because again supergirl other than you know the cw tv show i don't have much exposure to i haven't read a bunch of supergirl comics or anything so um but this says take uh let's see We'll see the difference between Superman, who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant versus Supergirl raised on a rock, a chip off of Krypton, and who watched everyone around her die and be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life and then come to Earth. She's much more hardcore and not the Supergirl we're used to, is what Gunn said about it.
1: Sick. I was going to say, if the Superman movie is good, then this will probably be very good. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. they're going to learn from what they did right or wrong and they're going to make this even better but it sounds like they're going to make this pretty dark and terrifying um, which everyone likes a terrifying Superman
0: I like, I like darker Superman stuff yeah
1: speaking of
2: terrifying, last is Swamp Thing which they didn't really offer much description here but they did say it will be a horror film and it will close out the first chapter of the DCU so that's all they said about it is that Chapter one, Gods and Monsters, will end with Swamp Thing, and it is a horror film.
1: Um, does, I mean, that's interesting. I wonder if Swamp Thing is going to kill a major superhero, because that is a weird world to live in. Like, what if we live in the world where Swamp Thing kills Batman?
0: So my favorite thing that Swamp Thing is close to, which is a movie that is coming out, uh, but I doubt that it's in the continuity. Swamp Thing and Constantine have a strong connection. Uh, Constantine actually like draws power from like the same, the primordial place that Swamp Thing is like the keeper of or whatever. Uh, I think that'd be cool, but who knows?
1: You should uh, like pencil out like a uh, like a bubble narrative and write a little a little story about how you're going to handle Constantine from now on. And send it to James Gunn. Let him know you'll be his Constantine guy. Bro,
0: I would love to be his Constantine guy. Holy shit, I would lose it. James Gunn not on this lineup. James Gunn, let me let me do. Yeah, but Keanu Reeves is doing a sequel to the Keanu Reeves Constantine. That's happening,
1: and so yeah, but like like we, it's not on this lineup. It's not on this lineup. New World, so you're gonna need to to make a move. Yeah, Jimmy Jimmy Bang Bang's gonna have to give you that job.
2: just to uh, go over a few other notes about some of the information that was released which we've kind of touched on this but just officially they said just as john cena played peacemaker and gun suicide squad and then in the peacemaker series anyone cast as say hal jordan and john stewart and lanterns will then cross over into the films and gun said we don't want the series to feel in any way like stepchildren or lesser than it's just a different way or see another way of telling a story." Um, then he also did talk about all the, the kind of the Henry Cavill debacle that happened a few months ago. And he was just pretty blunt about it. He said, we didn't fire Henry. Henry was never cast for me. It's about who do I want to cast as Superman and who do the filmmakers we have want to cast. And for me, for this story, it isn't Henry. And he said he liked Henry and he's a great guy. I think he's getting dicked around by a lot of people, uh, but this is Superman. This Superman is not Henry for a number of reasons. So he did address that. Uh, which is kind of what we knew. I, I knew, he, you know, he wasn't contracted to any more movies, and they announced his return prematurely. It was very odd uh, scenario, and shame for him because I did like him. But I'm excited for the future and and yeah, what they're doing.
0: Cavil, yeah, man, the Cavill stuff really got to me because, like, I loved him as Geralt. Uh, like he was, he was that character. He was perfectly cast, and he's a huge fan and like, so he was killing it, he was a great Superman, uh, but I am excited for his new project where he is, uh, running the Warhammer 40k television show for Amazon Prime, which is hugely, hugely, uh, just crazy for me, a lifelong Warhammer nerd, that has never, Warhammer has never touched the mainstream in a way that's even close to that and so you know hey he got screwed over but he's making lemonade and i'm gonna drink it so you know
2: they uh let's see they also talked about so going into the elseworld stuff we've got reeves batman todd phillips sequel to joker there is also still this has been talked about for a long time off and on but apparently the black superman project that ta Nisi Coates is working on is still in development. That's still something that they, they want to do and it's being worked on, so that's cool. And then they also mentioned Teen Titans Go specifically, that that will fall under the banner of DC Elseworlds and will continue, which makes sense because it's pretty popular on cartoon I, York, I used
0: know. to hate that show and it pissed me off so bad, but then I watched a bunch of it and I actually, it, it actually can be pretty good.
1: That show is very much Stockholm Syndrome, mate. You're very right. You, <laughs> you, have to watch, you have to watch so much of that show, but once you watch like 400 hours of it, it's pretty tolerable. It's pretty tolerable.
0: Uh, I don't know. Some of the episodes are really good. I really, really appreciate the puppet episode. Uh, if you watch the puppet episode, let me know what you thought on Twitter. Go watch the puppet episode of, of Teen Titans Go.
2: They... They did say, I like this quote from from. It's actually from Saffron. He said, "The bar is going to be very high for projects to be outside of the DCU. The else referring to the Elseworlds projects. But every now and then, there will be something that lives up to that. So I think that's cool. I think that they're not just, you know, going to make every any and everything and and anything not in the DCU they'll call Elseworlds. It sounds like they're really going to be." I guess, quote unquote picky about what they're making into an Elseworlds project. And they'll make sure that it's a story worth telling, which I think that's good. You know, they're not just going to throw everything out there at the wall and see what sticks. They're going to only make the stories they think
1: are best. I think that's a really funny thing to say, because I think it should be the other way around
2: that. They should be making any and everything and just what they should be throwing
1: their other crap at the wall and calling it Elseworld. And then being really picky about what they put into their... Oh, their, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I think it's funny that they said they're doing the opposite. Yeah, it sounds like
0: Elseworld, like, you can do whatever you want, and no consequences, so
2: do
1: that. That's what they should be treating mm-hmm. it like, is, like, just throw crap at the wall and put Elseworld at it, see if people like it. Let's make some indie films, man.
2: I guess, the, I guess their counter to that would just be that they want as many things to be as connected as they can, because that's the goal, is to, you know... It doesn't sound like they want to be the MCU at this point. Like they probably know they're too far behind and can't. But they want to have at least some level of being connected if they if they can. And yeah, I guess they I understand. Have no that.
1: respect right now. They they need to get some respect. They do. And right. No, no no respect at all. You know what they need to do? They
0: need to do a Zatania show, and they need to give it to whoever did brand new
1: cherry flavor. And I'd watch that. Is Zatania the magician? Zatania
0: is the magician. Yeah. Hell yeah. She, she uh her, the way her magic works, she says stuff backwards. She'll say like... Well, it's like pig Latin. Yeah. No, 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 actually backwards. Like fully, like completely inverse the letters and then pronounce it
1: correctly. So she just practices talking into a mirror all the time? Uh, she says, uh,
0: she makes jokes about uh, talking backwards being her first language. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. It's a whole thing. But yeah, I like Satanya.
2: I do think it's funny that there's a quote from James Gunn who specifically didn't want all of this to be called the Gunnverse, you know, in the same way that, like, the Snyderverse was the Snyderverse. This is not the Gunnverse. But I kind of feel like people are probably going to say that anyway. Like, no, everybody's no, no. going to know this is the James Gunn-led DC stuff, so it's always going to
1: have his maybe, sheen on it in a way. Maybe we could just call it the Jamesverse, then. The, J- there <laughs> the, the James
0: Gunverse. verse. Oh, they're going to have to cast James the Rock Johnson.
1: Yeah, hell yeah. Ah, uh, my boy.
0: <laughs> uh, now, the Gunverse is the Batman universe where Bruce and the mother die. The father uh, becomes Batman and uses a gun to shoot people in the face. That's the Gunverse.
1: Gunverse is season two of Sword Art Online.
0: Oh, it is. Gun Gale Online. Pow, pow, pow.
2: Well, Gary, how do you feel after we've gone through the DCU slate? Do you feel, there were some first off, things... are you, have you been educated
1: and um, uh, do you like it? I've been educated. There are some things from the list that I remember. There are some things from the list that I don't. <laughs> uh, I think that's fair. There are some things from the list I'm excited about. There are some things from the list that I don't care about at all. Uh, so the, so it's, it's a good list, I would say. It's all over the place. It's got things for everybody, I think, is, is kind of my point. Um, I'm excited for these projects, even though no names are attached to them yet. I like James Gunn's work for the most part, historically. I'm really into streaming shows and binge-watching shows, that's kind of my style. So with more Peacemaker coming, and then uh, What's Her Name having her own show, then the Green Lantern Corps show, I think there's a lot of really good hits in here for me. Uh, It sounds like the theatrical ones are Superman, Supergirl, Batman. Um, And those, to me, aren't... You know, the shows, I think, are way cooler. So, uh, I'm looking forward to what they've got. I like what's on the the list here. Um, Bring it on, James Gunn. Bring it on, Jimmy World. Hashtag Jimmyverse, baby. Perfect.
2: Well, that is our discussion. On, oh, I mean, John. sorry, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to skip over you, but I know you knew a lot of this stuff already. Do you have any yeah, uh,
0: remaining I mean thoughts? Some of it I didn't know about, but for the most part, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for most of it. I'm definitely, I'll give each and every single thing on this list its shot. Uh, I'll definitely watch all of it. Um, I will consume this as I have consumed everything Marvel, uh, but, but
2: yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like the, of the projects for me personally, the only one I'm outright excited for is the Brave and the Bold. That's the one I'm like, yes, give give me that. But I feel like I want all of this stuff to be good. Like, yeah. I'm probably going to watch and go see all of this. And if it's good, then that's even better. Like, make, make me a bigger fan of this stuff, please. I, I want to be a fan of this. So make me a fan.
0: As it stands, I'm excited for Lanterns, Brave and the Bold um and booster gold primarily. I'm also very excited for blue beetle still. Um and I hope that that becomes a part of the the main the main story. Uh, I
2: skipped over that. That was mentioned. It's still slated for August.
0: It so is still coming and mm-hmm. they're saying that it'll touch stuff and the fact that booster gold's getting a show gives me hope. Um but I I'm excited for this. I they've made some interesting choices in my opinion. Uh I don't know, man. It could go either way, but we'll, we'll give them their chance. James Gunn has a good track record, like Gary said, and uh, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I'll I'll check it out.
1: I think, like, overall, this looks better than it does bad. It, it looks yes. better than, than worse, I would say. It's not, yeah,
0: I'm not like, oh, this is what they're doing, pass. Like, it's not, like, I've heard what they have to say, and I am excited. So they, they did it. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Right. We've, got, um, we've got some years to wait right we've got at least two two and a half years to wait so no yeah, we're not no just seeing
2: the big the first big screen entry until 2025 yeah, so we've got we've breath. got a
1: while mm-hmm.
2: i'm sure stay tuned you will get our takes in the future as they eventually cast a superman and hire directors and maybe it'll be gone for that superman movie we'll i'm sure we'll be talking about it as all that news starts to come out
0: Music Absolutely. By.
2: Now we can finally have a little uh, Last of Us discussion because we, at this point, there have been three episodes as of the time we are recording. There will be a fourth episode tomorrow night or tonight, if you're listening to this on the day the audio drops. And we all had this on our most anticipated list, right? know I, yep. I think... We all had it, like, not, not only we all had it, but it was all, at, like, number one or number two. This
0: is my number one, yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, oh, boy. Uh, this show, I'll, I'll just start off, has been better than I could have even hoped that it that it was. And I, I guess we'll just start with that. I'd love to get y'all's, your takes, just initial impressions before we get into the nitty-gritty of of each episode but are y'all liking the show as much as i am
1: yes yes in in one word yes we are liking the show as much as you are
0: very much so not disappointed at all i would put it on the top of my list again
1: i would say one of the things that i immediately i am happy for the show i'm glad that the show has and does is the time jumps uh, the same way that Game of Thrones was able to tell multiple stories by jumping around and th- this this series is able to tell multiple stories without sticking to a linear timeline. Uh, and it makes the show really compelling. You have no idea what's coming next. In the next scene, it could be 10 years ago. Uh, so it, I think that is just a great storytelling device that keeps me hooked.
0: You know, sometimes I hate it when shows do that. This show does it perfectly. Like, it's great. It's seamless. It all makes sense. They It's very well thought out. Uh, the time jumps are—they only add. They only ever add.
1: Uh, the performances. Let's talk about the performances, man.
0: I mean, what do you want to talk about? Pedro Pascal kills it in everything. Um, I forget the young the young girl's name, uh, but
2: Bella Ramsey.
0: Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey. She's very talented. She's incredible. Order.
1: Daughter of Gordon Ramsay. Of oh, dude, I wish. fame.
0: I wish that'd be so. Is she funny. really? <laughs> no,
1: I
2: don't know. I'm... No, true. Oh, you were spouting facts over here, Gary. I'm like, is I've this a thing? Never in
1: my life have I said anything true to anyone ever.
2: You said it so confidently. I'm like, oh yeah, this is something that I didn't know about. And now I feel, I feel like a fool, Gary. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm, I'm ugly and strike fear into people, and I'm a fool. Um, thanks, guys. <laughs> You're my <laughs> friends.
0: Hey, you know, we're just trying to help you have realistic expectations. <laughs> but yeah, no, Bella we're Ramsey, not the daughter.
1: Our level, dude, just punching you down to our level.
0: We're bringing you down with us, you're, Drew.
1: You're an ugly fool like the rest of us.
0: Uh, so,
2: uh, I'll say this. The first episode, the premiere, I thought the whole intro and background, which, uh, you know, I've played the game. I've actually played The Last of Us all the way through a couple times. And uh, I was still gobsmacked by the intro to the show. Like the whole prologue section that takes up half the first episode I thought was incredible. And then uh, it kind of slowed down for me as we were doing some world building, but I still really liked it. And I thought that Bella Ramsey, whenever it would cut to her, was electric and would kind of light up the screen for me again. Then we see the second episode which really gets into the atmosphere of of this world and I think it's worth noting the second episode was directed by Neil Druckmann who is the creator and and you know the guy that works at Naughty Dog and the big guy behind Ooh. the game and he got to direct this TV episode Ooh, which what That's a really episode. interesting. Yeah. Perfect episode for him to direct especially because it it followed the game very closely events of the game and but but still was interesting and atmospheric, and it worked so well in a transition to a TV show, and I, I loved it. I liked it even more than the premiere, even though it's like not that much happened in it. You really get introduced to the clickers and things like that, and that but man, I thought it was great. Then episode three, I was just oh absolutely gobsmacked by it. Did you guys just, cry? Uh... i I, cried oh i did i cried
1: that maybe the best episode of tv of all time
0: possibly one of the greatest episodes of television ever made yeah it was it was so emotional yeah i cried uh it was so it was so touching it was so human uh and it was it was only those things you know what i mean it never dipped outside of that it was just a great human story fantastic episode
1: it was just like this short film within the series that could almost be taken, lifted straight out of the series and put on any screen in front of anyone and be just an, um, an amazing story. You almost need no background or, or any information what's going on in the world. It's just absolutely directed, beautiful, fantastic performances. Um, great all the way through, man. Um, I... I don't know what this means for Nick Offerman's character in the future, but I know that with the flash-forward, flash-backwards uh, narrative devices, he may have more parts with throughout this series. Exactly. But yeah. absolutely just... I think the everyone who watched that is a Nick Offerman fan for the rest of their life.
0: I mean, if he if doesn't you, win an award, I would be
1: shocked. If you didn't already love him from Parks and Rec been now you love him from the last of us i think he is just a fucking amazing what a what an absolutely stunning performance
2: i don't want to downplay and and i completely agree with you he is incredible but i don't want to downplay murray bartlett who i thought was also incredible incredible. which he is somebody that popped on my radar in the first season of the white lotus he's really really great in it and uh he is and i thought he was incredible as well but yeah this is really like the the nick offerman showcase of what he he's for people that just think of ron swanson when they see him like uh, this really shows the depth that he has as an actor and yeah i, I mean uh, yeah i was i was i was truly blown away and i think we've already talked about a little bit of stuff at this point but i think we can say full spoilers for full spoilers
0: man, going ahead put i'll put up the, the sign that.
2: But I want to just note, because having played the game, this is where the, sh- the show starts to differ from the game, which is great. Um, similar to how I know The Walking Dead is a show that took different paths from the comics to keep the show fresh. Uh, obviously, The Last of Us is going to do that as well, because in The, the Last of Us game, you meet Bill in the game, and you know from meeting him and the the signs and everything are there that Frank has died and Bill is really dealing with it and struggling with it in the game. He's like kind of a broken man because his love has passed, but a lot of it is told through like collectibles and things. It's that game does a great job of putting the story together through the environment. You kind of find out things and it's not outright told to you. So I'm going into the show knowing who Bill is to an extent. I mean, he's a super small side character in a, in a video game, right? Like not like the, he's a huge, huge part of that first game, but he is a character. I Um so, but kind of knowing that he's a guy, Joel comes across and he has a lover that's died. And so for this show to dive into these two characters and the relationship that they had, but then also how they live out their days and every, I don't know. I just, I was blown away. I absolutely cried. And I told my wife, my wife watched the first episode of The Last of Us with me, and she actually thought it was pretty good, but she's just not like a whole, you know, into all the zombie stuff. And she's like, "Ah, that was pretty good, but you can, you can watch that. And I told her after the third episode that it made me cry. She's like, the zombie show made you cry. I'm like, yes, it absolutely made me cry. And i made sure to note to her that the episode that made me cry did not have a single zombie or clicker or anything in it. I don't believe it had, it had one oh, it have the- that
0: tripped a trip wire.
2: You're right. You're no. right. But that was so, it. But not, not a prominent part of the episode. Not right at all. Not even remotely. Yeah. So I, while well, I liked the first two episodes a whole, whole lot. The third episode were three episodes in the show. And I'm like best show of 2023. Like, is it going to be up there? I feel like
0: it's definitely going to be up there. I mean, totally. like we said, one of the best episodes of TV ever. <laughs>
1: It was about this time last year when Peacemaker came out and I said, is this the best superhero thing of 2022? Uh, and it was. So is this the best show of 2023? Did HBO <laughs> do it again? Probably. Probably. I mean, probably. Yeah. And will will they continue to do it with more and more, uh, you know, more and more frequently? That's the weird question, because are, are they figuring out a formula? Maybe. It's starting to look like it.
0: It always, these things always go better, these things always go better when the, the companies that are funding it, like, kind of, like, let the creative people they're hiring do stuff, you know what I mean, to pull back a bit, I think that, it shows, I, I feel like they probably trusted the creators a lot to do this show right, and so, and it shows, there's, doesn't seem to be a lot of, like, oh, we need, this is the third episode, we need a zombie scene, you know, like, it seems like they are kind of giving leeway.
1: To the source material any more originally than having the studio's director come in and direct an episode that that like, see that's crazy to me that's something
0: that, that doesn't really happen
1: top tier no. fan service you know that's like having a the, the comic book writer come in and direct you know a, an episode of a spider-man because he wrote a good uh, spider-man arc you know that, that would be that's crazy uh it's totally awesome i love that that's great for him and it was a great episode and I would have never guessed that it wasn't all cohesively done by one director.
2: Yeah. He's, Neil Druckmann, yeah, if you, even just looking at his Wikipedia page, he's an Israeli-American writer, creative director, designer, and programmer who's been co-president of Naughty Dog since 2020, so the fact that you can be co-president of a video game studio, creative director—I mean, obviously he's got a creative mind—but the fact that you can go from that and then go direct an episode of a TV show and do it extremely well is super impressive. Although, you know, the way that these games are made now on sound stages and actors and mocap suits—it's it's probably not all that different these days. That's fair. If you watch behind-the-scenes videos of them making the last of us and executing the cutscenes and such. It's almost like, you know, it, it's, it's like a mocap, like, like James Cameron directing avatar, you know, it's, it's actors in mocap suits.
1: There are certainly video games that are more or less of a cinematic experience than others. And the last of us is a very cinematic experience and, and a great deep storytelling video game.
2: Uh, yeah. So
1: it says it's, I'm not at all surprised that it translates so well into the screen. Um, where something like Mario is a little bit more questionable.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess, I mean, we'll get into it. So, so the first episode, yeah, you talked about the opening sequence being a lot like the game. I, so I played a little bit of the game, uh, but at the time I had to use the PlayStation app on my PC. It doesn't work that great. I didn't really like it. So I only played a little bit. I got to about, I got to the end of the second episode. That's when I stopped playing. Um, but so, okay. that intro scene, yeah, I was like, how are they going to translate that? They translated it by making the greatest outbreak scene in any zombie media ever. Uh, it was, like, even even knowing what was going to happen, it was nuts. Uh, it was heart-wrenching.
1: I don't think it was the greatest outbreak scene of any media ever. Let me just put an asterisk in there. Wait, wait which,
0: which, one, which one are you going to say?
1: Uh, it was World War Z. That was a good one.
0: That was a good one. You're not wrong. World War Z had a lot of really good moments. They had a lot of big moments. Uh, you're not wrong. I mean, it's all right. So it's one of them, but it, it's definitely fantastic. It definitely. It, it. They. They really captured the panic. They captured the uh, like it happening at home feel, where like your neighbors are coming after you. They get. They let you get to know the like neighborhood just well enough to where you're like, like you kind of cringe, when man. That when that dude, uh, they left that woman in the street or whatever uh and that dude went to check on her and then got eaten uh i was like oh man (laughs) like that was crazy uh the plane crash was crazy
1: because yeah we know right as the viewer that this is a zombie outbreak but the neighbors don't know so they just saw another neighbor hit their old lady neighbor with a car and they're like oh shit of course they go run down and check and they're like you're a dick
0: and then they get eaten
1: (laughs) yeah perfect that's great that's exactly what would happen i love to see that yeah yeah, That's it's just, why if your neighbor gets hit with a car, you just fucking keep your ass inside and mind your own business. Mind your own business.
2: It's just so funny because obviously the whole video games into movies or television adaptations has always been a struggle. And it's always been this ongoing conversation. Like whenever there's, you know, Detective Pikachu or Sonic the Hedgehog movie or whatever it's going to be. There's always like, is this finally going to be a good video game adaptation and they uh, there have been some to varying degrees but now we have the last of us which after three (laughs) double tracking Uh, Uh, after three episodes it's like not only is this probably already (laughs) the best video game to screen adaptation that there's been it's also a damn good zombie type story in general top tier and and then you know y'all mentioned the super mario animated movie from illumination coming out later this year but like i have high hopes for that too like i think it's going to be definitely successful but i think it's going to be good or charming in its own way um I think it's so it might be, be just fun.
1: just yeah. fun with a, all capital letters probably not even a capital f just fun F U N all the way man yeah i think Mario's going to be a lot of fun uh, I was more just referring to Mario not being the most cinematic of games. It, it, <laughs> Fair. You have to take some liberties when you try to make that into a movie.
2: But it's crazy to be a month in the year, into the year, and I'm like, man, this is, is 2023 going to be the best year for video game to screen to big screen adaptations? Like, it feels like it already.
0: Probably. <laughs> it's a pretty low bar.
2: Exactly. That's the thing. It's not like that's <laughs> yeah. the most prestigious title at this point. Considering the competition, but it's still pretty cool. And Sony has Obviously. put together their production studio. This is something they want to do, and they're going to be doing stuff with God of War and and other products. And if they all turn out as good as this, then yeah, let's let's bring it on, Sony.
0: Obviously, we're like Gary said. We're not counting Double Dragon. Double Dragons, the the, the height.
1: I'm, I'm having an interesting thought, but it's not fully formed yet, I, and I I'm. Uh... It's You're something more than to welcome
2: do, to talk through it. I'm, it's I'm here. It's something
1: for it. to do with how making video game movies has been bad but is getting better. But mm-hmm. making movies from books has always been a toss of the coin. Uh, mm-hmm. I think anytime you make a movie from a book, it's, it's going to be hard to try to please the audience, and you almost have a new target audience. But when you're working from a video game as your source material into a movie, um, adapting it's almost easier. You have a visual reference, you have some story reference, uh, and you're you're playing to the same fans. You're not trying to gain new fans per se. Yeah,
0: I mean, video uh, I think, games and I movies. Think there's something
1: interesting there that they're starting to figure out how to really nail this uh, in a way that they were never able to nail books.
0: I mean, video games and movies are a lot closer. Than movies and books, I would say books. Books, you get a lot of this other context. You get a lot of internal monologue. You get a lot of how characters feel. Uh, you, you you get to see when they notice things in a different way. Like, oh, he They're noticed. Yeah.
1: Both a visual medium, so, yeah. so for sure. You have that to that as a reference, which definitely helps you go the extra mile. You know, you can imagine the character the same way a lot easier when you already have a visual reference.
0: That's true. Yeah, that's the other thing about books. Like, you owe, as soon as they explain a character, you make an image in your brain. And that's what it looks like. And if it looks like anything else, you're going to kind of be thrown off a bit. And uh, yeah, you're not, you're not wrong. Uh,
2: it's tough. Cause like, like you said, video games are a visual medium. So you have something to see, which means that if you just make a straight adaptation without any, make, making any changes, it's kind of like, what's the point? Cause there already was a, a visual style of this. So you want to change yeah. it, but also people get attached to those games. So if you change it too much, you're going to upset the fans. But books books are similar because I feel like books fans are more lenient if you just make a straight adaptation of a book because it's just you know everybody ha- might have a different vision in their head so seeing it physically and following along with the book can be pleasing whereas like something like Harry Potter from book to screen if you change too much of it people are going to be really mad um, or maybe like Lord of the Rings or something like that you know things that creative artists want to take liberties with um, I don't know. I, yeah, it's it's all very, like, muddy territory. And, and I guess at the end of the day, it's like, as long as it's good, people are happy. Like, you can change The Last of Us from the game as much as you want if it's good. And so far, the changes that they've made have been really good. Um, it's, yeah, I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, right? Like I said, I'm having a thought. It's just not quite complete yet. It's something yeah. I kind of need to, like, put a flag in because we're right sort of in the middle of you know, video game movies have been coming out our whole lives, but they've ranged in quality, mostly bad.
0: They've been almost all
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mostly from bad to worse. Uh, so it's just cool. I think we're kind of in this renaissance now where people are getting it. You know, it's about to happen, which for better or worse, we're about to get a ton of video game movies, I would think. We'll probably see a Grand Theft Auto movie by and the next ten years. Uh it's it's neat. I think it's neat. I think I like this. I think it's a cool time to see this this happen.
2: For sure. Yeah. It's it's interesting too because The Last of Us, the first game, was was you know profitable. It did what it reviewed well. It was a commercial success. But in a way, it's like I don't know how attached people are. Maybe this. Is, maybe I'm wrong. Or are to Joel and Ellie from the game. So you can see them go a few different ways in the show, but I'm kind of backtracking on, uh, as I say that, because um, The Last of Us Part 2 video game, major, major spoilers ahead for The Last of Us Part 2 video game, Uh, and potentially for The Last of Us TV show. So I'm throwing up major, major, major spoilers here.
1: Gary, are you cool with hearing?
2: John doesn't want to hear. John's taking out the. He head doesn't.
1: Screen. He wants to experience the story. I um, I know. I got my I'm, headphones off. I've you read keep what him, happens. Keep them off for a second. Uh, because I was interested. Whenever there was the lash out against uh, the voice actor, uh, or the voice actress, I was like, "What in the hell is going on here?" So I had to read into it to understand.
2: So Joel, in the Last of Us Part Two game, gets yeah pretty brutally murdered straight up i mean he dies and you play as ellie in that game and it becomes ellie's story and fans of the game playing it were like taken aback that 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 happened and and were mad about it and i was mad about it when i played the game but the storytelling was done so well that it's like being mad was the the response it was supposed to elicit so it's like
1: yeah it's a great storytelling (sighs) device it wasn't supposed to make you feel warm and cozy
2: Right. Uh, it was I,
1: supposed to make you feel rage and empowered to, to finish and to have a new a new focus and a new goal <laughs> and, and a new villain. It's uh, from from what I understand, it was a beautiful storytelling device and something to really look forward to. Uh, I would guess they would try to, to at least stretch that out to five seasons before they do that with HBO. Uh, if you kill Pedro Pascal by the end of season one, you're you know, I think you're I, I don't think I think you're yourself up for failure.
2: All right, we're going to I'm going to give Jahan the thumbs up. Yeah, I'm back. What's up, dog? We won't, we won't touch on that anymore, but I guess I don't know, it's interesting cuz like moving on to other Sony properties, right? Like God of War or, you know, Kratos is a, a cool character for a game cuz he's big and strong and has cool weapons and so you feel powerful as him. But I don't know if I have like an emotional attachment to Kratos. If that makes sense. So no. I feel like you could make a God of War show based on the Sony video game, but go any route you want to with it. Because I'm not going to be like offended that your on-screen version of Kratos isn't exactly the same as the video game version that I played. Does that I mean, make sense? I would I, mean, be, I don't know.
1: My worry with that show would be that they would try to give it too much depth. It's literally called God of War. Uh, It took three or four games to get Kratos to where he was a character that had depth, and you started to feel for him. So this show should start off with just monster bashing for a few seasons. Uh, If it starts off as this deep emotional thing, I think it'll be boring. I don't think that every story needs to be as deep as The Last of Us or has had as much intrigue as Game of Thrones. See, I uh, think... But if you're going to make an action show, make it action
0: That's fair. Uh, God. So I actually finally played some God of War for the first time. Uh, so the only God of War game I'm familiar with, like, I've seen the other ones, and I know what they were kind of like, but I, the one for PlayStation 4, I guess, uh, just God of War... Is it God of War or God of War?
2: version. Yeah, the one where he has God the
0: son. Uh, yeah,
2: that's and God of War, and, and I, Ragnarok is the sequel that just came out end of last year. Yeah,
0: and I feel like that one has some pretty good, like that character. I would watch a show about. You know what I mean? And for I sure. think I think watching him with his son would make for a better show. Well, and uh, with but, that but HBO storytelling
1: point. approach, they could do both. Right? They could go. They could flash back and forth. That's right. To ancient Greece with him fighting yes. monsters, and then flashback back to up north, uh, in the cold with his son. So that... he could use that same storytelling device. That'd be sick.
2: the The original God of War game, the like the PS2 one, all Kratos was was he was, you know, essentially tricked by Ares, the God of War, into murdering his own. Wife and child, and so he's just <laughs> a rage fueled monster who wants to kill Ares, the god of war, and will tear through any god, whatever, in order to do that. Spoiler alert for the first god of war game that came out like uh, you know, 50, over almost 20 years ago. You know how he kills Ares, Ares at the beginning of uh, it kills Ares the... their
1: wife and child that's like such a classic trick, bro.
2: <laughs> he kills Ares at the end of the first game becomes the god of war and then the second game is all about him trying to kill zeus and it's just and that's it kratos is just like a rage-fueled monster with blades attached to chains around his wrists who kills everything and then yeah the 2018 was like continued the story but also rebooted at the same time and made kratos this way more layered character and that as jahan said will translate way better to uh, I think to like a show or some sort of other medium. So I'll be interested to see how they do that. I know we're getting uh, going we down kind of the rabbit hole away from The Last of Us. We poked. It's all related.
0: It is all related. It's. I mean, it's a good topic conversation. I feel like we should do a big video game media translation episode or something. Maybe. Uh,
2: let's do it. Let's go for another hour on this episode <laughs> and let's just right, get into let's do no, it. I'm just
1: I'm
0: just <laughs> uh, but so that that so, kind of that was the first episode are you good with the first episode Gary or were or you gonna say something about it
1: no yeah no okay.
0: you're good yeah just, so the second episode yeah you said this is the one directed by the the games creator uh the the CEO of Naughty Dog or whatever um Really cool That was one of the cooler apocalypse uh, Post-apocalyptic settings That I've seen Like the way the buildings are falling over I like how they climb into them It looked good It looked real Uh, You you finally get some clicker action They were great Uh, They looked good um
2: practical effects that looked incredible yes. they looked just like the game but they looked terrifying because it was all real it was all makeup and prosthetics and it looked incredible it looked great
1: if you're an aspiring director use practical effects that's it's- my advice to you
0: They've proven... Because, like, I mean, back in the day when, the, like, like CGI first started coming up and stuff like that, like, there was an argument. It was like, oh, like, this stuff looks cool, blah, blah, blah. But, like, the te- the test of time has proven that practical effects are the only thing that hold up. Like, no matter how good your CGI is, eventually it's going to look like dog it's crap. It's going to look weird. It's <laughs> eventually it's
1: going to look weird. You
0: got to do practical effects.
2: They did add some cool little additions here that I don't believe are in the game, like how the... Uh, the, the fungus and, you know, kind of is like hive mind can communicate with the, the infected and, and, you know, something that happens in point A can affect the, the zombies at point B and, and kind of alert them to you. I believe that's all new for the show and it works. That's a good, I think, world build building thing to have in this, you know, in the stakes of the show.
1: So I thought yeah, the, that the colony cool. can detect you. If you get detected by one, you're getting detected by everything. Right. I like that as well.
2: Like these almost little parasitic-looking, you know, fibers of of fungus that communicates underground and whatever. I don't know. I thought I thought that was an an interesting
1: addition. I love mushrooms as a bad guy.
2: Yep.
0: Uh, yeah, that's something scary. See, and also, uh. <laughs> that i mean that was really cool uh in the in how they opened that episode with the flashback was it this episode the second one where they flash back to uh malaysia or wherever yeah yes it was that was really cool i really like the like the back channel like i like how that they're doing the jumps back and forth to tell this story and that was really cool how she was like well go bomb all those people and it's a it's a, an incredibly beautiful a moving story and like just everyone needs to
2: grow the fuck out that's you know i mean i watch a lot of movies and yeah. i watch a lot of love stories and i watch a lot of whatever and there are parts that are supposed to make you cry that make me roll my eyes and you know there's a lot of movies that should make me cry and i don't tear up and this one episode of tv made me emotional it was so well
1: done it was so good so knew for a fact when Nick Offerman's character got shot that he was going to die, um, but then he didn't. They did the future cut forward, and then of course he's pushing his husband in the wheelchair. And I was like, "Oh shit! They fucking they caught me with a curveball, bro. Yeah, total curveball for me because I didn't play the game right, so I didn't know that the husband was going to be dying of cancer. Which I don't know. You know, we can just identify it these days, right? You could just see it in somebody and be like, "Oh crap, that's cancer." Uh, you know, he didn't have a doctor to diagnose him. We all knew what it was and what he was dying from and how horrible, you know, it, it, it was. And then the the Shakespearean ending, uh, even with them saying this this is not a Shakespearean ending, it was just perfect the, the absolute beautiful love story ending.
2: And and total shout out to Bill Nick Offerman's character for getting just the best hand dealt in a you know apocalypse infection. Scenario with having his cool fallout shelter, being in this small town that gets evacuated, being able to have the whole town to himself, having a hardware store that's fully stocked that he can just wall off the whole place. Dude just gets props for having the best end-of-world scenario possible.
1: You could tell he was a prepper before, too. So he was probably, you know, 60% prepared uh, and then you're right he just had a he he had set that town up in such a fantastic way it was it was cool the town was cool you know it was I, awesome i could have watched could have seen more of the town because the fact that there were the intruders and he was already outside with the gun makes me think that town probably had tunnels and he could probably sneak around and pop up behind people you know i i could have watched nick offerman doomsday prep all day uh looking forward to possibly seeing more of the character in flashbacks yeah it's
2: so true though because the different stores that frank murray bartlett's character was talking about wanting to fix up and such in addition to showing some love to their own house i'm like i want to see that i want to see the liquor store or the antique store or the boutique or whatever store you're fixing up. i want to see it i want i want to be part of this world y'all y'all are Same. y'all are cool i want i want to live in your little town with y'all yeah i wanted to live in their little if there's town too, outside
1: man. hell yeah <laughs> but, but yeah that's yeah, those are the neighbors you want
0: you kind of touched on something that, that, yeah, we've been talking about the flashbacks. Yeah, I thought, so after the second episode, uh, what's her name, Teresa? Tessa? The the female oh, character? Yes. Tess. Tess, uh, yeah. Yes. After Tess, uh, you know, spoiler alert, after Tess dies, uh, just like she does in the game, well, not just like, but pretty similar to, um, you know, I thought that was it. I thought we'd never see her again. I thought that actress got her check and went home. But like the next episode we're seeing her in flashbacks and so yeah that does bring up a good point that we'll probably see them flashback to Bill uh in the future and it's just interesting that they're doing it that way and I like it a lot so
2: also worth noting I th- thought this was really cool just a little piece of trivia um Merle Dandridge is the actress who played Marlene in the first episode. She's the one that's the head of the Fireflies and is kind of sets up um, Joel and Tess with Ellie and and sets them on the mission to escort Ellie. Um, The actress that played Marlene in the show is the same actress that played Marlene in the video game. And I thought that was really neat. That is cool. That is very cool. There are other actors from the game that play different characters in the show so that's something to look out to out see that man as well. yeah, that's good just good such a them.
0: it's just such a different feel when the people that created the subject matter are directly interlocked with it because like they it's not it's not some hollywood producer grabbing an ip and just running it in the ground for a quick buck it's actually you know what i mean it's 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 refreshing
1: yeah, the people who made it are still involved with it. They helped make it the first time. They're helping making it the second time, even in different roles. It's nice to see it's, you know, not only is it fan service, but it's almost product service because they're going to want to treat that product with, with love the second time around as well.
2: Awesome. Well, I think that's our, our last of us discussion. I've been really excited to dig into it with y'all and it was definitely worth the discussion because we got to just... Ooh's positiveness about this
1: positivity about the show and three great episodes What a, an absolutely great show I would be surprised if it didn't continue being great through the first season at least
2: I, I agree um, before we sign off of this episode which is episode 73 fresh out the podcast I don't think I said that up top um, do y'all have any notes that you want to touch on before we wrap everything up
1: Yes, one of mine is time sensitive because it comes out tomorrow if you're listening to this on the day of release, uh, if you're listening to it live. It comes out in two days. Hot Wheels is coming to Game Pass. It's a racing game that came out on Xbox last year or the year before, and I think it won Racing Game of the Year. It just looks like a blast. It's set in like on Hot Wheels tracks, but in a real world environment so you're inside of like giant studio rooms and stuff. So you can tell that you're a little tiny race car just from perspectives. Uh, I think that's a lot of fun. Uh, I think there's there's some nostalgia to that for me. I love racing games. Uh, they also have like boosters on the track, and I think weapon upgrades in sort of a Mario Kart type of way, but maybe not weapon upgrades. Don't quote me on that. Looking forward to it. Coming out Same. on Game Pass like right now ish. Basically, uh, get ready to play that. I
0: also want to the, play that one.
1: The other thing I have is the Royal Rumble happened last weekend. Uh, I tuned into that. It was a great time, great storytelling. Looking forward to WrestleMania. Uh, I'll just, I might do little wrestling blips every now and then. I, I love how they've treated the the bloodline, Roman Reigns storyline, and what that's done for Sami Zayn's already great career. Uh, some really good storytelling devices there with Sami Zayn. A lot of really funny stuff, uh, and then some treachery. It was and, a good
2: Rumble. It was a really good Rumble. I feel like even the stuff that was predictable was still executed well. So. so
1: there was some stuff that let me down. Like Braun Strowman came out and almost came out. And they were both in the ring for like maybe a combined, a combined three minutes. And they both went out one after the other. Uh, I'd like to see, you know, the Rumble is a giant. That's that's a giant's time of the year. If you're a giant and you're a wrestler, the Rumble is when you get to do the giant thing. The rest of the year you have to let people win every now and then and go back and forth. But they didn't let either of the Giants do the giant thing, Uh, so I was let down there. But again, Logan Paul, my new favorite not-wrestler, who's a wrestler, uh, he came back without destroyed legs this time, and him and Ricochet jumped and collided each other in the air. I also love Ricochet, there was just this huge collision body-to-body that was great. Uh, Some really good spots, man. Fun Rumble, Rhea Ripley won the Women's Rumble, uh, which was great, she's fantastic. Uh, She'll be up against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. And then on the other side of that, uh, the Men's Rumble, Cody Rhodes won. And everybody wanted that to happen. And he had like eight weeks of promos that were saying it was going to happen. And then it happened. Uh, So it was not surprising and not really very interesting and not great storytelling. And then now he'll go to WrestleMania and beat Roman Reigns 900 day championship streak. And it also won't be surprising or probably that entertaining. Uh, That's my wrestling (laughs) wrap-up.
0: Yeah, uh, Ray Ripley is the first woman to ever win the Women's Rumble from the first position, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yes, because they've only been doing the Women's Rumble for a few... uh, Maybe it's been like five years now or so that they've been doing a Women's Rumble. It's funny because they
1: used to do a Women's Rumble in the early 90s, but they stopped at some point and then brought it back
2: yeah and so yeah but yeah she would have been the first one to enter number one and and to win it Uh, i didn't even realize that that's cool though
0: absolutely uh but yeah uh, so that 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 wraps up episode 73 uh fresh out the podcast thank you everyone for listening uh and being a part of our little our art our three-way friendship here uh we appreciate you. <laughs> nice face, gang. We appreciate you being here for it. And, uh, yeah, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, my name's Jahan Adnan, at RockFact on Twitter.
1: It's me, Casualty CDG. Don't forget you can tune in and watch us recording. Uh, then you get to see that Jahan's not wearing a shirt. And you can just, yeah, just do this. Just put your little fingers together and look like you're playing with his nipples on the screen. Uh, but you can't do that if you're just listening to the podcast. Sure. You can find us at twitch.tv backslash johananan. That's where we also do fresh out of the box. That's where Jahan and I tell original stories. We're trying to have fun with friends, playing new games, doing things all the time. Uh, so you should check us out, playing games that are not Dungeons & Dragons, but are sort of like Dungeons & Dragons because we use dice and tell stories. Uh, that's fresh out the box. We have a YouTube that's fresh out the box, TTRPG, and a Facebook, and all that other stuff. So find us. You can find me at CasualtyCDG. Don't forget to rate this show. You can rate us in Spotify or Apple TV. Rate the podcast, please. Give us a little 5 stars, a little thumbs up. Uh, whatever your version of this is the best podcast in the world is. And thank you so much. We look forward to bringing you more content next week.
2: I'm Drew Munhausen at Drew Munhausen on Twitter. And yeah, I think y'all summed it up great. So I will just say what Jahan usually says, which is stay fresh.
0: Stay fresh, everybody. We'll see it.